Hey, everybody. Welcome to Ultimate Insider, Bear Insider's podcast. I am Mike Pulaski, Hall of Fame quarterback and radio color analyst for the Golden Bears. Today, we are talking about that SC game last weekend. What happened? What went down? We're going to cover everything. I'll be talking to head coach Justin Wilcox here shortly as well. And then uh, we will later on in the week give you a preview of Oregon. But everybody coming off that SC game, I know I'm disappointed. There is no such thing as a moral victory when it comes to college football. You either win or you don't win. It's either a win or a loss. And so for the Bears to lose that one, even against the former Heisman Trophy winner, highly talented team, USC, uh, disappointing because the Bears had a chance to win it to pull that game out. Let's talk about the details of what happened in that game because there are some stark things that I think really stood out to me. Firstly, offensively, the offensive output in that game was really, really good for the Bears. You had 290-some yards passing, 230 yards rushing. You knew that SC was not a great football team coming in, but 500 and almost 30 yards of offense, really, really good. Fernando Mendoza, 64% passing on the day, was very good with the football outside of one mistake, you know, bad mistake, throwing the ball, feeling pressure, rushed, a little bit of panic. Uh, I threw a bad ball. I have thrown those. I have done that as a quarterback. I totally understand that. It's something that he needs to continue working on. I say it every week. We're watching this young quarterback get better in front of our eyes. But I think other than that, standing in the pocket, when things are just barreling down on you, things going all around you, guys rushing upfield, he's staying in there. Guys have a grasp of his jersey or his leg or everything else. And he's still standing in there and passing. Fernando Mendoza is getting better. And I think he's pretty good right now to start. So I think he's a very good young quarterback, but he continues to get better. And I think the ceiling for him is very, very high if he continues to execute the way he is. And I fully expect that, knowing his work ethic, knowing what he does, I fully expect him to continue to grow at the position, to continue to get better. So love that. Love the fact that the Bears ran the ball for 235 yards. That is massive. Jay Knott uh, was very good, 100 and. I think 40-plus, rushing the ball in this game. Uh, early on, got injured later in the game, and so we'll have to see how that turns out later on. But Jay Knott was very good in this game uh, when he had those big holes to burst through them. Offensive line did a nice job of clearing it. We talked to Justin Wilcox during the week last week who said, when you get the crease, when you hit them with something that they are not expecting or you catch them in the right call with it, you have to hit it, and Jay Knott definitely did that in that running game. His speed pulling away, you could see the fact that he was faster than the USC defense, and that is saying something because those dudes are the best defense that money can buy. So outstanding job uh, running the football. Credit going to Mike Blesch to that offensive line and what they're doing over there as well. On a coaching front, the physicality of the team, and this goes to the players, right? They have to be courageous. They have to fly in. They have to do their thing. But you can judge where a team is at in terms of are they listening to coaching? Are they still taking it in? Have you lost a team? By do they respond to what the coaches are saying? And for this game against USC, the team definitely responded. All week long, Coach Wilcox was preaching physicality. And the team came out in this game physically out-hit USC all game long. They were flying to the football. They were doing the things that win you games at the college level, at the pro level, uh, because they were going 
full speed. You hear coaches, they used to say it all the time, fly around like your hair's on fire. That's what you need to do. Controlled fury out there on the football field if you want to win. And the team did a the probably the best job I have seen them do of that this season. So they are still listening to coaches. They are still coachable. They are doing the right things. And so that's that's how I judge if you lose a team or don't lose a team as a coach in that are they still doing what you're coaching them to do? And they're definitely doing what Coach Wilcox was coaching them to do this week. So that was really encouraging for me to see uh, as a former player, as an analyst, as a Cal guy. These guys are still bought in. They're 100%. Culture is still there. They're still working at it. They're still coachable. So that is massive. I think obviously holding the former Heisman Trophy winner or the reigning Heisman Trophy winner and a band of really talented football players, uh, 50 points, you know, say you hold them. But it's, uh, I think the defense was really, really good at times that they didn't give up a ton of huge plays. They did, they, they made some stops when they needed to. I thought that uh, safety fire from the boundary, pressure, strip sack uh, late in the game to get the ball back for the Bears was huge. Bears got five sacks in this game. They had not been a you know tough, they have not been a team that was sacking a lot of opponents, uh, getting defensive pressures. They got five sacks in this game. That's massive. That's huge. And so I think the defense deserves some credit for that. We'll talk about short field stuff in a little bit, and Coach will really hit on it later. But uh, I think that when they had the big field, when they made USC drive, they did a good job of not letting SC finish those drives and getting the ball back, forcing punts, uh, doing all of that. Special teams. I thought you go into this game with USC and Zachariah Branch, who had a 96-yard touchdown return, a 75-yard punt return for touchdown. Really good football player back there. Coverage teams have been lacking for the Bears this year. And I think they came out and played extremely well in that punt game. Uh, I think Branch averaged seven yards per kickoff return uh, and six yards per punt or something like that. So that was fantastic to see the special team step up like that as well. Maybe the bye week did them some good, got them honed in on what they needed to do. And again, you know, Coach talks about it every week, showing them the film what they did wrong and, and helping them improve it and finding guys that can improve it is a huge part of that. So I thought that was a bright sign as well. I always love to start with the positive. The refs in this game were a clown show. It was ridiculous. And it's, you know, I, this is not directed personally at any one of the refs individually, but as a whole, the conference has for years protected USC because they were the LA team. They were the team that needed to shine for the conference to look good. Mike Leach called them out on it several years ago when, when Leacher was up at Washington State. And it's still the same. I said it on the air. This is the team. USC is the team that blew up the conference. USC is the team that, that demolished the Pac-12. It's their fault. That's, they started the whole thing. They're a huge part of it. UCLA uh, obviously you know, was in it with them once USC got it started. But USC blew up the conference. And the officials are still protecting them. And a little breakdown of maybe why is that if SC loses to Cal, then the strength of schedule in the Pac-12 goes down. And if that happens, then maybe our two top teams right now, Oregon and Washington, don't get a chance at the football playoff. And so it's a money grab. It's a money thing, just like it has been all along. 
But for the officials to protect USC like this, to continue to protect USC like this, is a joke. And it happened at several phases during the game where the kickoff or after halftime, when they gave them the field goal after halftime, the officials in the stands, because we're upstairs in the press box, the officials on the field blew it dead, half's over. And then they reviewed it upstairs, the replay booth reviewed it and said, nope, half's over, all done, we're out. I watched the tape, the guy's shoulder came down, you know, milliseconds with, you know, one tick of one second on the clock. There's no time an official could have blown the whistle that quickly. So the half should have ended. But what happened is it went back to the command center and the command center overruled them so that they could protect USC. Now, in the end, that didn't matter. But the fact that they did that to protect the golden child, USC, is ridiculous. And then later in the game, in the end zone, on the two-point play, we'll talk about that in a little bit, they protected USC again. So, clown show from Pac-12 headquarters, and quite honestly, from Pac-12 networks to Pac-12 headquarters to the people running the Pac-12, everybody involved in all the decision-making on this, to, you know, game management, there's a reason the Pac-12 is going away because they've been inept, period. And it's ridiculous to see our conference that so many of us, you know, bled for, sweated for, built up um, and competed in to watch it go away like this because of the ineptitude of people in charge right now of the Pac-12 is awful as a former player. But you can see it in action in what they did from the command center during that Pac-12 game, it's 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 just a joke. And so that's why the Pac-12 is going away. You can see it live in action right there. Merton Hanks, those people in charge of it uh, at Pac-12, shame on you. It's ridiculous uh, what you're doing, what you've done, but it is your cumulative efforts that have brought this great conference to a demise. So shame on you. Uh, again, defense, I thought one guy in particular, Craig Woodson, was outstanding. Uh, 12 tackles on the game. He was all over the field. And that strip sack to get the ball back for the Bears. So those are all the good things I thought were really nice. Defense flying around the football field. Offensive line blocking with an attitude. Great running game. Fernando was fantastic. All good, right? Gave the Bears a chance to be in that game. The couple questions, well, we'll get to the questions later. Uh, the huge part, the just the big determining factor in that game that, that turned the game are turnovers, period. Cal ended up net minus three in terms of turnovers. And you're giving the reigning Heisman Trophy winner and an incredibly talented offense more opportunities to score. When you get the ball on the 20 or 25-yard line and have to drive a length of the field, you have about a 38% chance of scoring, like a 26% chance of scoring field goals according to analytics. Uh, excuse me, of scoring touchdowns, 26 or 24%. I forget exactly the number, but it's in the low 20s for scoring touchdowns and 38% overall of scoring. When you give them the ball on the short field with turnovers, like the fumble on the punt, Jeremiah Hunter, um, then that number goes way up. The likelihood of scoring goes way up. And so the Bears were able to 
kind of right the wrong in a couple of those turnovers, the strip sack being one of those opportunities, uh, forced to punt on another. But the ability to overcome it consistently three full times is almost impossible. Um, it's it, You're just asking so much of a defense to overcome those kind of turnovers. One of the turnovers early in the game, uh, obviously Fernando Mendoza threw the pick. I talked about it. Young quarterback trying to make something happen. You learn, we saw Brock Purdy do it for the Niners this weekend too, that you're just trying to make something happen. Nope, and you make an errant throw. You don't see a guy uh, because when you're making rash decisions quickly as reactions instead of planning, that's what happens with quarterbacks oftentimes. And so um, that's a young quarterback deal. He's going to improve. He's going to get better. And you have to go through those growing pains with young quarterbacks. And even the you know pros are doing it. Like I said, Brock Purdy's doing it. He had 50-some starts in college, and he's still doing it in the NFL. Guys do it all the time. I watch guys making millions and millions of dollars do it. So uh, you just have to learn, and hopefully you you put enough of those away, enough experience that you improve at that as a quarterback. Uh, fumbles, the punt return. That's one where you could say, I think it, at that point of the game, the Bears are up. Maybe you say, hey, just fair catch it. I cannot fault Jeremiah Hunter for you know, wanting to do something special on the punt, but maybe at that point, strategically, you just say, hey, fair catch, give us the ball. Um, don't let it get the extra bounce on the punt. You know, don't let them pin us. And and maybe that's it. But I think the kind of the whole theme of that game was being aggressive, being physical, getting after USC. That was the point. And so allowing him to return that ball or not telling him just fair catch this thing part of that mentality. We're going to go bring it to them. Oftentimes when you sit back on your heels, when you play prevent is when you lose games. So it's a double-edged sword, right? Being aggressive can win you games. It can also get you in trouble in terms of turnovers in that regard. Uh, And then two other fumbles in the game. Obviously, Fernando had one of them. uh, And then a hit on the running back with the ball. It was a great hit, just a shoulder pad right on the ball. Perfect hit to get that ball out. Sometimes those things happen. But that's what kills you. Three turnovers, three extra possessions, short field, really hard for the defense to stop. Now, that said, Coach will talk about it in a second. Short field defense, sudden change defense. If you can get those stops, it's huge. Um, The other thing that could have been better, and it wasn't horrible, but could have been better, is USC had 42% of third down conversions. Now, the Bears got sacks. They forced him to punt the ball. And they're in a gray area there. 45% third down conversions is a championship level. 40% is is pretty good. Uh, the Bears had 43%. So they were actually better on third down this game than USC. But you want to get that into the 30s. And low 30s is even better. And get the ball back for your offense. So that's one thing that can improve. But again, gray area. I'm just kind of nitpicking here but third down conversions getting them off the field on third down is big I think the Bears did it for a large part in that game but I think um, that's a place that could improve but not you know again it's the percentage is what it is and if you get them in the 30s you give yourself a much better chance of winning the a couple of decisions that people keep asking me about one not going for the field goal early in the game a you don't know that that's going to be the difference late in the game so you you don't kick it. You're going for it. I like the mentality it sends to your team, the message of, hey, we're going for it. it we're all in in this game. We are going to go make this happen. And the other thing, too, is you have to remember that Cal is 5 for 12 of field goals this year. 
and that's not a high percentage, less than 50%. That would have been a 43-yard field goal. You know, you obviously well within the college kicker's range, but you have to have faith as a coach that that's going to happen. And not certain that that, that faith exists because faith comes and, and confidence comes from experience. And so right now, tough call sometimes with the kicking game for field goal PAT for the Bears to say, hey, yeah, we're going to go out there and kick it. We got this. We're going to nail it. And so, uh, and it's easy for a kicker to lose confidence too. So I understand that completely. I like the message it sends to the team. Obviously, you want to see the Bears execute it. In hindsight, you can always say, oh, should have kicked it. Yeah, hindsight's easy. But coaches have to make those calls in the moment based on analytics and what they're feeling. And so I don't disagree with that call at all. People have asked me about it. I, I get why you'd ask about it. But I understand also why they went for it. I personally, and I told somebody this, my experiences have colored me to be a go-for-it guy because we always got it. Uh, no matter what level I played at, our teams got it. And I've been on, you know, obviously on the end that didn't get it too, but but uh, it's a mentality to get there. And that's the mentality once the Bears get to and through that mentality of we are going to go get this, we are going to make this happen. That's when you have a consistent year-in, year-out bowl team that wins games and eventually potentially wins championships as well. But that's where they need to get to. And you don't get there without trying it and without doing it. So I support that. Also, the two-point play at the end of the game, similar mentality. We're going to go for it. We're going to win it now. Now, the other thing that comes into play during that two-point decision is your offense is beat up. You're starting running back and your backup, I say Fonsi, both out with injuries. Your defense has lost a couple guys as well. You're already down Jackson Sermon coming into the game. Uh, and then you lose Mo Iosefa. You lose a couple of other guys to injury as well. And so you're depleted on defense as well. And USC has been very good. And especially, remember, we talked about in short yardage during this game. Well, overtime is all short yardage. So I don't know that you want to get into a let's see who can score best shootout with that team at USC with all the talent, with all the tools they have. So I, I fully and completely endorse going for two there. I understand it. And I realize in hindsight, you can say, oh, well, you never should have gone for two. Yeah, but in the moment, I said it as soon as the Bears scored that touchdown, I said, now it's time to go for two and win this game. And so that was my belief in the moment, the analytics, and also the input of having dudes injured, of not having the full offense, not having the full defense uh, going into that if you went into the overtime, being at a disadvantage there plays a huge part into it. And so, you know, guys just have to make a play. And again, I get back to the refs being a clown show because there were two blatant, blatant holds on that play. Andres got almost tackled. And then the receiver, Hightower, I believe it was, got horse collared as he ran across the back of the end zone in front of the official. The back judge was back there, and they horse-collared him, and they still didn't make the call. I said it on the air. I, I'm saying it again here. That was really, really bad officiating because those were clear and plain holding, period. Horrible no calls. But again, the conference protecting SC, even though they're a Big Ten team now, so I don't know why. But, uh, you know, those kind of things just pissed me off. And that's – it's uh, oftentimes you talk about playing – you know, uphill in the Pac-12, that's part of it. 
And that's where uh, a lot of the issues come and a lot of the animosity comes when officials and the people running the Pac-12 show favoritism to SC and the LA schools. And that was clearly happening in this game. So anyway, uh, that's my take on the game. I talked to Coach Wilcox during the week. Let's take a look at that interview right now. Join me now, head coach Justin Wilcox. Coach, this week, as always, uh, you know, you watch the film, you break it down. Give me your analysis of the game, kind of post-mortem on the SC game. Yeah, um, well, we'll start with the good. Uh, offensively, we scored 49 points, and we moved the ball really pretty efficiently, um, and that's a good thing. Uh, ran it, threw it, RPO'd it. We didn't hit, a, hit as many shots as we would like to have hit, but uh, you know, put up 49 on them. And uh, special teams-wise, the cover units, I was really proud of, especially the kickoff unit. I mean, they those guys were running and hitting, and uh, we kicked the ball off a lot. And I thought the kickoff unit really showed up. And the punt team, we only punted three times, uh, I think it was, but uh, the punter had two great punts, and then the one that we didn't hit great, we covered. And that guy's a dangerous returner, so I was really pleased with the uh, with the uh, cover units. Defensively, when we played on a long field, we played really pretty well. I mean, I know it doesn't – when you look at the score, you'd never think that, but we made them punt seven times. I don't know that – I think that's two more than anybody else had made them punt. And when, when they were on their side of the 50, we – you know, like there was a 10 or 11 drives that they have and they scored 17 points total when we had them on their side. Um, now for the not good, um, short field defense, they scored. When they had the ball on our side, for whatever reason, they scored touchdowns and we didn't force field goals. Um, so we, we only took the ball away once on defense. We've got to find another takeaway somehow, some way. Um, special teams wise, we put the ball on the ground on a punt return, which was critical. And then offensively, the three turnovers, you know, and we had the three turnovers and then a uh, a third and two where we got a 15-yard penalty that stopped a drive. And then we had a fourth and one that we didn't convert. Less than one, fourth and inches, we did not convert. So three turnovers, the third down, 15-yard uh, penalty after the whistle, and then the fourth and inches, that's five drives. And uh, that's the difference. You know, when when you add all that up, that's the difference in the game. And to be yeah. SC, we have to stop them on defense, get one more turnover, get stop them on a short field. We can't drop the punt, and then we gotta, you know, protect the ball better. Even if you give them, even if we turn it over once or twice, but you know, three times or four times, and then uh, stop not getting the fourth and one. Those things hurt us. Yeah, we talk about it every week, five to eight plays, right? You want them to be recounting the five to eight plays that were the difference makers uh, in terms of the game. The one thing that I personally saw that was, I thought, telling about your coaching and going into the game, you coached physicality all week long. That was the big you know, takeaway from the bye week and coming into this game. I think your team was as physical as I have seen them this season in that game. They came out ready to hit, and they out-physicaled, I thought, USC up front. I thought the guys competed as hard and played as fast as we've played all year. And we've been talking, and that that's the standard. I mean, that's how it has to look. And then, as frustrating and as disappointed as we are after because we didn't get the win, you have to look at the things, you know, as opposed to saying how bad and how bad we want to win and 
it's frustrating losing like yeah we all get that everybody feels that so how do we fix that well hold on to the football you know don't get post whistle penalties get a sh- short field stop and we will win you know and, and so that's how we talked about it but in terms of the speed and physicality that we played with that's what it needs to look like one of the things it's funny because this weekend both bay area teams right cal and the niners two late turnovers towards the end of the game the one early fernando throws a dumb young quarterback interception right forces it late sees something and flashes just like purdy through the dumb one and then late in the game you guys fumble and those two turnovers combined you get a stop on the first one you get immediate change get the ball right back fantastic defense how much does that affect you, seeing as the percentages go way up as you shorten the field for an offense? Yeah, I, you're talking about like when you take the field on defense when, on a short field? Yeah, on a short yeah, field. No, that, I mean, and especially like, especially right after you get one back. Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, the difference, especially in college these days, is you're defending an extra down every set of downs. So when they're on your side of the 50, you're defending four downs. When they're on their side, you're defending three, and then they'll punt it. Right. And so you have to stop them four downs in a row, essentially, once you get on your side of the field. And, you know, when you're playing a, a very talented team, if you give them four chances to – I mean, they almost averaged, a, you know, eight yards of play coming into the game. So you got to – you know, you got to get them behind the six somehow. And uh, so it becomes more challenging, and that's where – uh, we got to do a better job. We got to find a way to, on a sudden change or short field, to get a stop, force a field goal, um, and then also, you know, offensively or on our punt return, we we can't put the ball on the ground. We especially backed up. Like you, you never want to, but especially in your own territory, because you're now defending four plays on defense, and it's going to get harder to stop them. Yeah, and, and and you're playing a team you you point out that has the reigning Heisman Trophy winner and several early round draft picks on it on that offensive side of the ball. So good offensive team, tough to give them short field and turnovers kill you in every single game. Being minus two in that game hurts big time. Talk about early in the game, you decided to go for it on fourth down instead of kicking a field goal. And I am always all for like, let's go guns blazing. I, I'm for that. Talk about the decision that went into that. Uh, Which, and what, what are you, you talking about? About. Uh, you just you had a fourth down. You were in. Uh, I want to say you were on in the. It had been about forty three yard field goal. Yeah. So we've got a, a couple of different things to consider right now. Um, you know, we have this. There's the analytics side of it. Yep. There's the what's the game look like side of it. There's your performance in all areas, offense and on right. special teams, and so all those things are considered. You know. Yep. Uh, feeling like we're going to need touchdowns to beat them. Um, uh, I felt good about, I felt good about the way the offense was moving the ball and a long field goal versus, you know, way our QBs and the offense was moving the ball at that point. I felt, I felt stronger. Like I, I felt we had a better chance to convert it maybe than, and, uh, than the field goal. And yeah. even if we convert the field goal, you know, just, does it, I mean, of course, yeah, at the end of the game, it's a one-point game. It, it would have made a difference. But, um, you know, had I had that information or known, then, of course, it would have made a different choice. But, uh, yeah, I mean, those are I those are the ones that I own. I mean, those are my decisions. And, uh, yeah, I don't 
I haven't been a hundred percent, that's for sure. Uh, but certainly wanted to be aggressive and I felt stronger about going for it and the way our offense was playing and our quarterback and the fact that we were going to need touchdowns to win. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm not questioning the call. No, I, no, no, I, I, I still right now, a hundred percent endorse that call, uh, you know, and, and I know you love your guys, your, your field goal kicking team is five for 12 right now. So that's another thing that goes into that decision, but that's the one I keep hearing about. And I just wanted to get it out there that, yeah. I don't think that's a bad decision. I think it's a good decision. And I also think it sends a message to your team. We're going for it. We have faith in you. We trust the offense. It helps with the young quarterback, helps with the O-line, right? Those guys have to feel your passion as well. And so I, I think that's a good thing for you. Um, talk to me about Fernando Mendoza, his play in that game, and how he just keeps getting better. Outside of the one dumb mistake, right? The dumb interception, which young quarterbacks, everybody does it. Um, he just keeps getting better and his... He's just in the pocket. He is so focused downfield, which is hard to find in quarterbacks these days, especially. Talk about how he makes the team better just by playing as a pocket passer and then making the right reads on the zone read, of course. Yeah, he. Uh, so he had a couple mistakes. He had the interception uh, early, in, and then the second play of the game, we had the fumble, yeah, which was a, a big one. Um, and he had probably another one on a run-run read that he – he would like to have back, but to your point, I mean, he just keeps getting better. Uh, I fully expect that that's trend's going to continue. Uh, the, the thing you bring up about keeping his eyes down the field, he feels the rush and sees the routes and he sees the defense. He can communicate when he comes to the sideline, what he saw, why he did something. Um, and it's very easy, especially when you're watching on TV or the higher you get up and away from the game, you know, where the what the quarterback should do. But as you know, standing oh, in there, the guy's breathing down your neck and you're about to get hit uh, to be able to not look at the rush and be able to look down the field and deliver the ball. And he got hit quite a bit in that game, Mike. Yep. Um, and he was really darn accurate uh, most of the game. I mean, he just – he threw some really good balls and I, he's just going to keep getting better. And uh, I'm excited for him and for the team. Yeah, it's really hard to quantify how difficult that is. To, when you're standing in the pocket, my my quarterback coach in the Arena League, Mike Hohensee, uh, used to say, it's like standing in the middle of the freeway with cars rushing by, you know, impending doom in front of you while you try to read a book and perform a physical activity. Like it's it's all those things going on at once and maintaining calm. And, and it's tough. So to see a quarterback that does that and whether it's hard work or whether just that's his ability to focus and concentrate. Either way, it's a pretty special talent for quarterbacks, especially these days, to be able to do that. So uh, I I'd probably, he's a great dude. He works his ass off, but I admire that, all those things about him and what he does. So I'm just looking forward to watching him continue to get better because he will. Experience is going to make him better in that position as well. Yeah. Um, talk about the offensive line. You guys also ran the ball pretty darn well against an SC team who physically is a gifted team. Yeah, I can't say enough about the, O-line, the job they're doing, you know, they're not perfect by any means, but, you know, Mike Blesch has really helped that group develop confidence uh, in their techniques, uh, their targets, where they're going, who they're blocking, how to block them, the effort they're playing with. And uh, obviously, Jaden had some huge runs, and Afonso had a couple big ones. Fernando had a couple big scrambles. Uh, but I think the O-line – I mean, just as a unit, has taken such a step, and I'm really proud of them. And uh, Coach Blash just deserves a ton of credit. You know, scheme-wise, too, doing some things that, you know, with the RPO game that can um, 
put maybe put some stress on the defense, uh, whether you know how they're going to play the the run, and if they're going to commit to it, then we can throw it, and if they're not, then we can hopefully get some creases in there. So uh, just to overall, you know, be hard to say that there's another unit that's more improved than that group. And let's talk about the the decision to go for two at the end of the game. I said it on the radio live. As soon as you scored, I'm like, this is where I would go for two. I would win this game right here. Have faith in the offense. Take it, you know, keep it away from them. Put the pressure on their offense. I said it after the game. I still say it today. I would have gone for two in that position as well. And so, I, I like, I, I couldn't support that decision more, but talk about your decision and what went into it. Yeah, even just during the drive, it was going to be based uh, – the thought was – to go down, score, don't uh, leave as little time as possible. Now, sometimes if you hit a big play, you hit a big play, but, you know, not be in a hurry uh, in terms of not calling timeouts. Let the clock go because we had three timeouts. Um, uh, but that was the thought early. Now, if there was going to be, you know, a lot more clock left, then could have been a different decision, you know, based on how much time they had. But under a minute, they had two timeouts. Um I felt really good about the, what the offense had been doing and, you know, not not playing for overtime, so to speak. You know, playing to win right there, going up a point. Obviously, not getting it uh, hurts, and it's, you know, uh, disappointing. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was play to win right there. You're three yards away. You're going to, you know, they're going to get the ball, but there's going to be some time constraint. So that was the thought and uh, really had been – Convict had conviction on that throughout the drive as long as there wasn't, you know, two minutes or two and a half minutes to go. Sure. And, and you're going against a guy who has shown last minute heroics time and time and time again in Caleb Williams, you know, on a team with some guys who can fly. Like, there's all kinds of reasons to go for two and to win it and put the pressure on them. And a team in SC, too, who was kind of backs against the wall, struggling in that game. Like, there was just a sense to me. And so I, I still endorse the move. Um, I could not withhold my disdain for SC after that, the holding in the end zone. I know that you won't say a thing, so I'm not going to make you. But I am so tired of watching the officials protect USC. They blew up the conference, and they're not calling a holding. They're not – I mean, I, I I just let it go on the air. So I'm doing it again here. Yeah, I don't no, like those guys. And I'm you're not gonna stop you don't have right. to say a thing. You're fine. Um, anyway, so that's USC. Uh struggle value it's never ever there's no moral victories period you're playing college football so that's head coach justin wilcox obviously disappointed you know inspired by his team loves his guys it's very clear when we talk to him both on camera and off camera coach wilcox loves this team loves being a part of it he's frustrated as anybody about where they are in terms of wins and losses uh but continuing to work at it and uh, watching these guys work there's uh there's work to be done for sure and then uh, they just have to get after it. This week, Oregon is a huge, huge test. It is a big game against a high-quality opponent uh, that is going to be in the college football playoff picture. So, you know, numbers came out, or the announcement came out, they're already in the top six in college football playoff right behind Washington. And so this is a high, high-quality opponent that they are going up against this week at Autzen in the rain. A lot of things you can look at and say, ooh, adversity and kind of tuck your tail but you need to go up there and bring your a game and be every bit or more physical than you were last week versus usc that's the key to the game no fear full go mentality you got to go out and win that game and if the bears can do that if they can take that mentality and they give themselves the best chance up there in austin 
But for now, I appreciate you guys watching. I'm Mike Pulaski for Bear Insider and the Ultimate Insider Podcast. I'll talk to you again soon. Go Bears. Thank <laughs> you.